Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Welcome to A Seeking Heart with Allison Jinkers, distributed through Breadbox Media. I am joined today by Chloe Langer. Chloe has a book out called Letters to Women, Embracing the Feminine Genius in Everyday Life from Tan Books. And just as I said your last name, I thought I probably should have made sure that what it is in my head is actually what it is in real life. You got it. You got it. That was 100% correct. <laughs> that happens more than you think because you see on social media, you see people's names and you just kind of, people do this to me all the time. They think my name, Gingrass, is something completely different. So I just yep. tell people, if you drink too much gin, you end up on the grass. And there you go. <laughs> so on that note, <laughs> most people don't. It's helpful. But um, yeah, so but let's talk about Letters to Women. Uh, Chloe, this is such a phenomenal book. So tell us a little bit about the concept of Letters uh, to Women first. Let's start there. Yeah. Okay. So Letters to Women is inspired by a letter that John Paul II wrote to all women in 1995 uh, called Letter to Women. And in it, he he thanks women for what they do, but most importantly, for who they are as women. And I think this is a key part to take away um, that that we are good because of who we are. We don't have to prove our worth, uh, especially in a world that talks so much about productivity and, you know, and to prove your worth, we don't have to. That's not something that the Lord asks us to do. So I read this letter in my confirmation prep in eighth grade. So it has been a hot minute since I read it. Um, (laughs) And I revisited it right after I got married five years ago. Um, and just loved this idea of the feminine genius. And, and it, but at the same time, as much as I loved it, it seemed kind of like this pie in the sky, something I yes. order on a throw pillow kind of thing. Like, <laughs> oh, the feminine genius. I'll get that on a magnet and stick it on my fridge and see if I remember it. Um, and, and so I really oh, wanted, to, wanted to know what, it, what that practically meant for my daily life as a Catholic yes. woman. And so really this book started and was born out of a lot of conversations that I would have with friends over coffee or over drinks so on a happy hour with coworkers. Like, okay, 
John Paul II says this feminine genius, but what does that mean for your daily life? And then all those conversations would bleed into each other. And I would talk to friends about conversations that I'd had with another friend. Um, and they were they would say something to the extent of, oh, I would have, I would love to have been a fly in the wall in that conversation. Um, and so like a good millennial, I started a podcast because <laughs> what, yeah. what else do you do? <laughs> and started recording these conversations yeah, prim primarily it. around, yeah, this idea of the feminine genius. And so the book is born as a fruit from those conversations on the podcast where the women who have written letters so so it's a collection a curation of 30 letters to women in a variety of seasons and situations that we find ourselves in as catholic women um to really accompany you and encourage you and then um yeah really explore this concept of, of what the feminine genius actually means for us and so that that term feminine genius this, this might be new to some people listening today in a elevator speak spiel how do you explain the fem feminine genius yeah yeah so john paul ii never gives like a a, a definition and this no is he doesn't so that was like a trick question wasn't it <laughs> right as a type a organizer this drives me crazy like i comb through john paul ii like maybe it's hiding in a footnote somewhere it's not it's nowhere um so from my reading of john paul ii and, and this can vary from woman to woman which is what i love about the feminine genius but the feminine genius is this unique particular way that the Lord has gifted us and, and calls us back to his sacred heart. And that sounds really fluffy. Um, but John Paul II talks about how women are receptive and generous, sensitive and maternal. And there's so many different facets of the feminine genius and every single woman lives this out differently, right? There's not the feminine genius in some ways is easier to talk about by what it's not. It's not a box to stuff yourself into. It's not what you have to do to be a good Catholic woman. Uh, it's not a checklist. Like I got these five things and now I've got the feminine genius in the bag. Um, it's really this journey of becoming who the Lord's created you to be as a woman with your feminine soul and your feminine gifts. So that's kind of like the quick 30 it. second pitch. That, that was a very good explanation probably one of the best i've heard chloe in a oh, very thanks. long time so i'm glad i asked that trick question i knew you could <laughs> handle it you're such a you're such a professional um so how did you choose the topics you said there's 30 letters in here so these were you, you'd already had the podcast you've already did you interview these women on the podcast is that how yeah, kind of a mix. So some of the letters, I knew the subject that I wanted, but I didn't know who would write it. And so in those, it was taking the subjects to prayer and asking the Lord, okay, Lord, who is a woman who you know could speak into this subject really beautifully? And it was a mix of women who, who have been on the podcast, women who are on a really long list of women who I want to have on the podcast. Um, and then, you know, people that I know in my town, I live here in Kansas City, and, and there's letters from friends that I have from high school, friends I have from college, uh, my neighbors, which is really beautiful. Um, and then there, and on the flip side, there were some women who I knew, I knew I wanted to have a letter that they wrote in this book. And then I had a variety of topics that just from being their friend or from following them online or reading their own books um, that I knew that they could speak into really well. And so reaching out to them and asking, would you be interested? You know, here's a here's some things that I think you would be great at, and and some of those resulted in conversations where the letters that's in the book weren't on that list. They were something that they had that's thought sweet. about, which was really beautiful. So yeah, a lot of surrender and openness to to what the Holy Spirit wanted this book to look like. It and it is it's phenomenal. And what is really mm -hmm. neat is that these are just bite sized letters. Like it is not the biggest book. It's it's less than two hundred pages for thirty women to share their heart. Yet they really do get to the heart of the, 
the topic they've been given and they're just all so well done. But I would like to talk about a few of them. Of Great. course, I, I, before we went live, I shared with you that the one that really touched my heart as an adoptive mom was the letter to the woman discerning adoption. Yes. And one of the things um, I loved, I loved Mary, it was Mary, right? That mm -hmm. wrote that? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Mary and I, I, I love that it was a second infertility. I think sometimes people don't think about that. Like they have a baby and they think, you know, they have trouble conceiving again. Well, it, adoption doesn't always come up for that second child. It's usually a first child. And I thought that was a beautiful aspect of adoption to include. And I wanted to also bring up as an adoptive mom, mine had nothing to do with infertility whatsoever, which is another um, discernment of adoption that some people don't, don't even consider. Mine was sitting with the Lord saying, I love you. And I'm open to however you want my, my family, how many people you want in my family to be. Um, and however you wish them to come. I had two really difficult pregnancies. I had a miscarriage. I had a, um, ec um, a topic that oh, nearly gosh. killed me. It was, it was in my abdomen, like just crazy things. I had two premature babies yet still trusting in the Lord. Right. I said, you know, how do you want, how do you want the next one to come? If you want the next one to come and the idea of adoption I had had as a little girl, but I hadn't thought of it in a long time. And I thought a pregnancy with a beer, I'm in Lord. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little longer gestational period, but I could drink wine and have a beer. So it was, it was worth it, but it was really a discernment process. Of, yes. of where's this child going to come from? Um, and he opened every single door. And I think that's kind of a little bit what I got from Mary's letter that, when you discern it, when you open it, if God wants this for you, if you just open your heart to be, to welcome a child in, however God wants that to in your life, you'll be amazed, you know, like the money for it. Some people say, I can't adopt. I don't have any money. God provided every single penny. It was crazy. In fact, one time our, our uh, tax return was the exact amount we needed for one of the installments that we had to make to the adoption wow. uh, agency. We were left with just enough money to go out for Chinese food. Well, since my daughter was adopted from China, we mm -hmm. thought that would be like the perfect way to celebrate that God had provided for us. But I think that, you know, one of the parts of being um, of being a woman is that we have this heart that um, is open to life, however God sees it. And one of the things I worried about was that I wouldn't love her mm. the way I loved my biological children. I had two boys that I had given birth to. Would I love her? And my boys will tell you, I probably love her more. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's a girl, the baby thing or whatever. But anyway, what, you know, what did you think of that, of Mary's contribution and, and the whole kind of concept, I guess? Yeah, yeah, I love everything that you're hitting on, I think, especially when it comes to adoption as a discernment, the fact that there are couples who are called to adopt. And it, it yeah, you like you said, it may not be what they expect, um, that the Lord would have called them into, but the openness and surrender of that process, I think what's really beautiful about in Mary's letter, and then in other couples who we've witnessed adopt in our own lives, that just it's so beautiful to see a community uh, mm. gather around a family when it comes to bringing a child into their home um, and the openness and the vulnerability that that process usually includes. 
Um, and then just the beautiful, Mary speaks about this in her letter, but then also just through her, the other great resources that she's put together as, as a woman who's adopted, um, is just like the process of, of welcoming a child and their whole story into your home and really becoming a, a place for them to unfold their whole story. If there's been trauma leading up to the reason that, that they're in, that they've come into your home, yeah. um, and just really being able to, to process with that with them. Um, and then, like you said, just like having that be an aspect of your maternity, I think is really beautiful. So yeah, I think reading Mary's letter and, and hearing stories like your own and friends that I know who are going through the adoption process and and women who I've talked to who've made the adoption plan um, for their for their child. It's just really beautiful to see, yeah, like the hard and the good of that whole process is just such an incredible thing to witness. It really is. And God is so good that, you know, there's days that we look at her and my daughter is, is profoundly deaf. She has a, we just learned in the last few years that she has an intellectual um, disability as well. She's the happiest, most beautiful, most just incredible soul. And I think if, if I had said no, yeah, you know, I think that, that, that we have all these fears of what happens if I say yes. But I think that one of the aspects of it that I've noticed on this side of it 12 years later, what if I had said no? Mm. If she lived in a country where, where her disability would have never been, she would have been, quite honestly, to be quite blunt, at 14, she would have been kicked out of her um, foster home. And all that would have been really open for her was prostitution. And that just crushes me when I think about this sweet, innocent little girl who is 16 and still really has the the mental capacity of about a 10 or 12 year old. Um, And, but I think of what if I, she had scoliosis, like Mm -hmm. that would have killed her by the time she was 21 if she hadn't had the medical attention. I just, sometimes I don't think that when we're discerning the, the, all the reasons, um, the things that we, why we should say yes or, or know that we don't think about both sides of it. Like it's not just about us and, and what, what this means to us, but what about the child? What about mm-hmm. the person? Like even something is, is taking in an elderly relative, right? Or caring yeah. for your neighbor or whatever. So I, I'm totally getting off topic, but I just, Sorry. I love that your book just makes me think of all of these different um topics and and one of the questions uh, just moving on from this letter i i would love to know were there any letters that just really touched your heart or just come to mind that we you know we want to we want to highlight yeah yeah two two letters come to mind they're all phenomenal um but two come to mind right off the top of my head the first is um, a letter to the woman reconsidering her relationship with her body and and this is one of the first ones and and when i was putting together this book one of the questions that i was asking the lord in prayer was what are some universal struggles like something more than likely every woman at some point in her life is going to sit in front of the mirror and say gosh there are some things i would change about this mm-hmm. body uh, i know i have been there um and, and my friend mary kadivi wrote this beautiful letter about um what it, the, the whole topic is body neutrality so instead of looking in the mirror and and having this reaction being like i love my Oh, Chloe froze. Stretch myself. Um, she's back. Oh, there oh. you are. You're back. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so there we go. If Good. froze where you said, I, they're looking in the mirror and say, I love my. Yes. <laughs> Whatever dramatic, it is. Dramatic, right. dramatic pause. <laughs> it's a cliffhanger. Um, 
but yeah, like a fill in the blank, right? Like I think all of us have parts of our body where we're like, this is the piece of, this is the part of my body that I really struggle to see as good. Um, for a variety of reasons. And this can be because you're postpartum. This could be because you really struggle with your body image, period. You don't have to have a baby to have struggled with body image and seeing your body as good. Um, but Mary really encouraged me personally away from this letter um, to look at my body and and see what it is. Like my body is, a, my. I have legs that are strong. I have arms that carry my kids. Um, I have a body that's born life into the world. And to be able to to call out the reality of those things instead of putting, and that is good and beautiful and I should love it. And I should never struggle with seeing that that piece of my body um, and, and critiquing it or anything like that. And I think it's such a, it was so much of an easier step for me um, mm. when, it, when it comes to my own body image journey. And so Mary's letter, I just feel like knocked it out of the park when it came to, um, to body image. So that's, that's one of the first ones that I really love. And, and, you know, it is so universal. I don't think in all my years of women's ministry, which is going on about 15 now, yeah. that I've ever met anyone who didn't have something, like even in just in jest, you know, just having a conversation with them and in jest will say, oh, you know, whatever, whatever yeah. it is about yeah. themselves um, that they don't. So it's just amazing to look at it. Like I could look at my hair and go, oh, it's going gray or I have, and I can wriggle my nose at it. But this year I actually decided to embrace this. Yeah. You know, during the, the quarantine time, the, the pandemic, the stay home, whatever, I couldn't get to the hairdresser and I just let it go natural. And I was like, Hey, I actually like this. Like I yeah. dye it purple where it's gray. So I have like purple streaks and not, not in silver. And I'm like this, this is what happens. There's a reason that we get this crown of glory yes. as we age. And yeah. I'm going to embrace it instead of being, oh, I wish, I, you know what? I can wish all I want. Yeah. This is how God created me. And I am in his image. And somewhere God has a gray hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. You know, I heard someone say something really beautiful about, about body image. This isn't in the book. This is just from a conversation um, yeah. at, a, at a conference that I was at recently where she said, when God looks at you, we, you know, we're often thinking like, what does God see when he looks at me? Well, what is, what does he see? And asking for the grace to see ourselves as he sees us. And she's mm -hmm. like, when God sees you, he sees himself. He sees his image. That's wow. what he sees. And to like, think about that. Like when God looks at us, that's he's seeing his goodness reflected in us because we're made in his image. And that was just a, whoa, like an earth shattering moment for me because I've never thought about that phrase when I think about body image, but that's what it, that's the yeah. reality of it. Yep. I love that. Oh, yeah. So God, oh my gosh. God I love that. Yeah. We're, doesn't make mistakes and we're made in his likeness and image. So right. obviously we are, I love that wonderfully and fearfully made. That's how I prayed before you we went live. And that is truly Psalm 139. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go read it, spend time with it and see how beloved you are by the, the God of the universe. Wonderfully and like knitted, knitted. I love that. Yes. In your mother's womb. Hopefully not knitted like I knit where I dropped. <laughs> or mine. It was like, <laughs> that would not be very pretty. <laughs> Not, not the wonky knitting of the of the newbie, the novice, but the master. Yes, yes. exactly. The master. Mm -hmm. Um, and I your other one I know that we you, you had mentioned to me before we went live was a letter to the woman who doesn't think she's creative. Yes. And that was um 
tell us this is about Anna Camacho. Is that how yeah. you say her name? Yeah, Anna. So Anna Camacho is the owner and founder of Corda. So you may know her from the Catholic candles that she creates. And she is so good. She's so incredible. Um, but but what we talk about in that letter, the introduction that I wrote to her letter, and then also her letter is this idea that all of us are called to be creative. Um, mm. I think I think when we hear the word creative, it's kind of like my reaction to knitting. Like, okay, that's for some <laughs> other people over there. I am not going to touch that. And then I think there's so many of us who have um, – Brene Brown has this, this idea of like art scars. Like we've tried to be creative, especially when we were little. And then someone said along the lines, okay, but when are you going to really do something like that's worth something? Or are you really going to make a living doing that? Um, and I think oh, a lot of us funny. have um, – yeah, like when it – she froze again. Oh, she's back. Okay. Oh, to creativity. I'm not. Oh, there you are. Okay, you're back. So you were just saying that we um, we have artist scars, which I find hysterical. <laughs> and before you and before you go um, back to what you were discussing, I just want to say that I used to be a preschool teacher, and one of the classes I took was in art and and encouraging children to just express themselves. And the teacher started by telling us all to draw a picture of ourselves. And most of us had stick figures or like very rudimentary. And she said, look at that image. That is where you were told you can't draw. Yes. It, it, yes. it, actually, it yep. actually stunts your creativity because somebody said you can't. And so you stopped. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. And I think so many of us have stories like that. And it could be any type of creativity. It could be like what you're doing here on this podcast. This is creativity. Um, and there's so many different ways that we that we enter into creativity. And I think what Anna speaks about so beautifully in this is that when we create, we're tapping into us being in the image of God who is a creator. Uh, who creates things out of nothing. So it's not a perfect <laughs> reflection uh, by any stretch, but this idea that God creates, that God is found in beauty and that he delights in beauty, uh, which is so beautiful and it's so good. And so I think what Anna's letter did for me, as I was writing this book, there, you you know this, when you're writing a book, there's so many lies that you get stirred up as you're writing and oh, you're editing, yeah. like, oh, I am not worthy of this. This is never going to be like what I think it is. This is going to be a flop. And all of those, like, yeah, uh, art yeah. scars kind of come to the surface <laughs> and get that. scratched up. Uh, and Anna's letter was such an encouragement. And and she didn't write it to me. Um, but I I I got so encur much encouragement as it came through my inbox and I plugged it into this manuscript of just realizing like this is creating and this is good and this is holy work. And so I love her encouragement. And for anybody um, who is in the process of creating something, I think Anna's Anna's work and Anna's letter specifically is really good encouragement. You know, it's so funny because when I I just sent in my manuscript, I really did expect to get back a ripped up contract yeah. with, with like, oh, we're sorry. We <laughs> thought you could do this, but we're totally couldn't like we're, we're totally wrong but yet the manuscript came back with so like less um edits than i even expected yep. i didn't have any we just we lose that confidence in ourselves yes. that whatever god calls us to he will empower us through he will give us the gifts of the talents that we need to do the things that we're meant to do and i i love that yes. well you have just there's really everyone i want you to just run out right now and go get Chloe Langer's book, Letters to Women, Embracing the Feminine Genius in the Everyday Life, because you, this, we just talked about three of them, 
and look at, I feel like so encouraged and so excited. And I know that when they read the other 27, <laughs> they will feel, and also spending some time with John Paul's letter. Yeah, I, I don't, I mean, I've, I, I was probably in my mid forties before I discovered this beautiful treasure of the church. And I found it through wine women in the new evangelization. Um, one of their walk, uh, walk in our sandals talks all about feminine genius and it's really beautifully put, um, which is a, a great Lent book. If anybody's looking for a yes. Lent book, just kind of throwing out a little plug there for wine women in the new evangelization. But speaking of books, we're going to get a little tease because, Miss Chloe, <laughs> you have another beautiful book coming. Can you tell us a little bit about that, when it's coming out? And then I want to have you back and I'll talk more about it later. Thank you. Yeah, this is really exciting. Okay, so yes. So the new book that's coming out is called Sisterhood, Giving and Receiving the Gift of Friendship. And it's published by mm -hmm. our Sunday visitor. It's going to come out in May, hopefully, right? God willing and all of the yes. supply chain <laughs> doesn't uh, interfere with that. So <laughs> that's the soft date. <laughs> but, but it's all about this idea that... There's so many stereotypes that we have in our, um, yeah, in the kind of like our common language when it comes to friendships with women. Like, oh, friendships with women, they're just catty. Like, women are gossipy. Women backstab. And I think those stereotypes are true because, or not are true, but are a thing be because so many of us have experienced that um, yeah. of friendships that unfortunately live up to those stereotypes. And so I think it can be oh, easy to, to just kind of write off friendship with women for a lot of us, especially if you have been harmed by friends who are women. Um, and so in, in the book, I really want to come alongside women, encourage us that okay, friendship with women actually isn't something that's optional. And it's not something that is kind of just like for those some people who like have the cool kind of tribe on Instagram and that they've nailed it, but it's not for me. But it's for everybody because we're made for relationship. Um, and I think so beautifully, especially as women, we talk about this feminine genius, like we are made for relationship. And, and to have that be received by other women is such a gift to give and receive. And so just like super practical. This is not a the theology book about friendship. Nice. This is not a heady book. This is just like, I need to, I want to go deeper in friendship with my neighbor. How do I do that? Or I have a friendship in my life that I think I need to walk away from. What do I even say? Like when you're in those situations, my mm. the prayer is that this book is, is going to be a resource for you. Well, my whole ministry was launched out of a failed um, friendship with four very close friends. Mm. And, but in hindsight, their friendship was crucial to me becoming who I was, yeah. that I could do the work that God had for me. And um, we can talk about this when that, when yes. you come back, but what I, but what I ended up doing was writing them all letters <laughs> kind of funny, just kind of tying these two together, letters to women, thanking them for each one of, thanking each one of them for the beautiful um, thing they brought to my life that I didn't have before I was with them. So even though mm. the friendships didn't work out, they absolutely had a, God had a plan and a purpose for putting them in my life. And that opened my heart to have new friendships. Cause I think sometimes, wow. like you just said, when you have a broken friendship, you have a hard time opening your heart and, and letting somebody new in, but you, it's so crucial. It, we're, we're created to relate as Kelly Walquist would say, we're created to be in relationship with other women. You know, we look at Adam and Eve, right? The first relationship with Adam was God and things, yeah. animals, women was God and another human. 
Yeah. So we're absolutely created that way. So, oh, I can't wait to read it. And I can't wait to dive further in with that. Going back to and wrapping up our talk today, Letters to Women, Embracing the Feminine Genius in the Everyday Life. Chloe Langer, this out from Tan Books. What is the one thing that you'd love women to walk away with who read their book, plus read your book, plus where can they get it? Where can they keep following you? And don't forget to plug your awesome podcast. Oh, thank you. Uh, the one thing, the prayer that I would have for every woman who opens this book would to be that you you have a feminine genius. Mm. Um, and it, this book isn't isn't offering like 30 ways to compare yourself to other women. Um, and, and instead it, it's an invitation to discover your own, uh, and that can be hard work and it can be, it can yeah. be really vulnerable in prayer and discovering who the Lord has created you to be, but really just to encourage you to dive into that, your own, your own, what's the Lord, how is the Lord specifically calling you to his heart, um, as his daughter. So that's the one thing, um, you can, it. you can pick up the book anywhere the books are sold uh, you can get it directly from the publisher on tan, uh, and they do some great sales throughout the year. Um, and then you can buy it on Amazon if, if you want to just add it to your Amazon cart or your local Catholic bookstore. Um, and then you can find me, um, on my website, which is letters to women podcast.com. I'm kind of taking a big step away from social media, but you'll always find me on the website. Um, and that's giving me a lot of time to focus on the podcast, which is of the same name, uh, letters to women, which you can find wherever you subscribe to podcasts where, yeah, I just sit down and have good conversations about the feminine genius with other Catholic women. I love it. And I will have links to all of these days, especially in, including quarter candles and, and yes your podcast and your website and all the things, the John Paul's letter, all the things that we talked about, there'll be all these links will be on the show notes. Chloe Langer, thank you so much for spending this time with me. I just loved it. Oh, thanks for hosting me. This is wonderful. I was so looking forward to this. And again, get out and check out letters to women from Chloe Langer, Tan Books. You have been listening to a seeking heart distributed through Breadbox Media. God bless.